Whoo, it was a whirlwind romance. What do you do when you find yourself unemployed, yet suddenly dating a rich girl with stacks of cash who likes to spend it freely? Well, obviously, you go on... And that's what we did, driving over the causeways up and down US-1 and A1A, dining and drinking at every place I'd always wanted to visit. It was truly a magical experience because she had the keys to the kingdom, which is obviously cash, dropping it everywhere and everyone remembered us when we went because this little rich girl tipped 50s. Yeah, even if we just got a couple of Cokes and there was a lot of Coke, she was tipping 50s. In fact, when it came to the Coke, she said that she would only roll up hundreds. Oh my God, who is this person? I don't know. Told me she went to Brown had a pug named Petey. You know I like to do voices for dogs. He was kind of gruff, like, hey, Mr. Man. Dude, I hear you dating my ma. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Well, I hated the relationship between this rich girl and her dog, Petey. She fed him baby food. I should have known that was a red flag right away, but if you've listened to the show, you know I don't pick up on obvious cues for quite some time. But, you know, we'll get to all of that. Today, though, I want to talk about living with your parents as an adult baseball season, and a little game called Pin the Straw on the Cokeheads. Today, when we all start joshing around. As we get deeper into Crazy Town Week, I wanted to let everyone know that the events foretold happened going on 13 years ago. I recently turned 39, and it's caused me to realign some of my goals. I've always wanted to run for public office, so I began to lay some of the groundwork for that now. I'm not running in 2018, but I did look into a county commission seat in 2020 or 2022. Maybe I'll run for Florida State House. Who knows? But as I thought more and more about it, I can only imagine a reporter or maybe even the supervisor of elections sitting me down and pressing play on any one of these episodes of joshing around. So I hope you're enjoying the show because it could end up ruining my life. Of course, I say that in jest. The only thing that can truly ruin my life is the events that I allowed to happen in my life. That's what can condemn me. The only thing that can damn me is being honest, but I'm not going to let people judge me for being truthful about what's happened to me. Why, you ask, when I'm considering running for public office, would I be so honest about my faults? Well, apparently that's what America's looking for these days, right? I mentioned goals earlier, and they're great to have so that you know where you're going. Also good to have on hand is an emergency fund, some money set aside in case getting to your goals goes awry. Otherwise, you might be moving back in with your parents like I had to do in 2005. Now, this is before the Great Recession made it cool to move back in with mom, but ever the trendsetter, there I was. Didn't love it at 16, wasn't thrilled about it at 26, but my best advice is to be a good roommate and just try to get on their schedule. Mom and I would get up at 7 a.m., start smoking Benson and Hedges Gold 100s, watching the Today Show. She loved Matt Lauer. Glad she didn't live to hear the news. Afterwards, was live with Regis and Kelly. Then Mom would get on to play some Bejeweled, maybe Solitaire, and I would focus on getting a job so I could get my life back on track. But... I wasn't there to get down on myself. I'd send out some applications, make some follow-up calls, and then it was time for us to crack open some Coors Light, hit the pool, maybe watch the sunset as we fished. You know, it's time I'll never get back, and I'm glad I made the most of it. Until, of course, I ran off with some crazy rich girl. 
the little rich girl drove an older BMW, yellow, 1984 convertible. She said she liked the older models, her favorite being the 2002 from the 70s. I drove a 3 Series from the 90s, and she was pretty quick to neg on it, but guess what? My seats were much more comfortable. Her place was on the ocean-ish, above someone's garage. It definitely had a view of the beach, and the walk was easy, but like I said, it was on someone else's property, which she said was a month-to-month thing so that she could easily get away to wherever she wanted to go next. Well, sounded pretty amazing. Plus, stacks of cash, drugs and drinks, not to mention I was living with my parents, or mom and her husband, which made it great to have sleepovers, right? That's why kids always ask for them because they want to get out of their parents' hair. So I was definitely up for all these nights on the town, but for how long? Well, that remained to be seen. Major League Baseball's opening day is tomorrow, which means you won't hear me talk anymore about spring training. I did learn a few things, though, with the 15 games I spent at Disney watching ball. The first being that Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be a huge star for the Atlanta Braves. The second... Fans of a baseball team definitely travel from their hometown to Florida to watch that team play in the spring. Maybe more so because I watched games at Disney, but I met a lot of people from Pennsylvania watching the Phillies and the Pirates, folks from Detroit, Michigan watching the Tigers play with that nasally Michigan accent. I don't do a good one, though. My favorite, the folks from Toronto came in droves to see the Blue Jays play, and they were so courteous. Everybody was like, no, after you, oh, what's good? Is this right? Eh, Love them. The last game, though, was against the New York Yankees, and those folks are just downright rude. They came in the stadium like they owned the place. They they really tried to make a New York state of mine, and I don't appreciate it in the least. The little rich girl was from New York, and she was quick to tell everyone about it. Said she moved to Florida on a whim when she walked into her Manhattan high-rise, only to find her fiancé in bed with two Victoria's Secret models. She said she couldn't grab Petey and get out of there fast enough. The details were amazing. He was playing Dido. I will go down with the ship. She told me all about him. He was the heir to silent film star Marlena Dietrich's fortune, so he had the money to do with whatever he so chose. And in this case, it was those two Vic secret models. And I don't blame him because this little rich girl was a little much to bear. But I'm just a poor kid from the sticks who's never seen such gobs of cash or had such a good time. So I was definitely willing to hear more stories about Marlena, who... Upon arrival in Florida, our little rich girl was quick to tell anyone who'd listen to follow their dreams. She thought it was great that I'd been fired from corporate America, insisted that I pursue that writing career I seemed to hold so dear, and it was exactly what I wanted to hear at the time. I had just published a narrative upon being deported from Barbados. I don't think I've ever told that story yet. The narrative was sent around the country to Esquire, Fox Searchlight Pictures, The New Yorker, anybody I thought might want to publish a manuscript about becoming a man in America. Most everyone passed. Some people sent me thanks for submitting letters. Other people just shit-putted it into the trash. I still have a couple copies. I sent it out on CD as well. Look at me, forward-thinking, because I knew people were going to stop reading ever soon. In any event, yeah, it's easy to say follow your dreams when you have a sock drawer full of cash. She claimed to be a poet, but I never saw her write more than a check. Back to Marlena Dietrichs real quick. She was a German actress and singer who had her breakout role as Lola Lola in the 1930 movie The Blue Angel. This won her international fame and a contract with Paramount Pictures, where she went on to make movies like Morocco, Shanghai Express, and Desire. 
Dietrich was also noted for her humanitarian efforts during World War II, housing German and French exiles, providing financial support, and even advocating their U.S. citizenship. Her use of body sculpting undergarments, non-surgical temporary facelifts through tape, expert makeup and wigs combined with careful stage lighting helped to preserve Dietrich's glamorous image till the end of her career, which came in the late 70s. In fact, her final on-camera film appearance was a cameo role in Just a Gigolo, starring David Bowie, in which she sang the title song. Dietrich's an alcoholic dependent on painkillers, withdrew to her Paris apartment where she spent the final 11 years of her life mostly bedridden. During this time, though, she was a prolific letter writer and phone caller. We should all be so lucky. Her legacy, though, lasts long and comes through statements like this. I dress for the image, she said, not for myself, not for the public, not for fashion, not for men. If I dressed for myself, I wouldn't bother at all. Clothes bore me. I'd wear jeans. I adore jeans. I get them in a public store. Men's, of course. I can't wear women's trousers, but I dress for the profession. And we should all be so dedicated to our craft. Here's to you, Marlena Dietrichs. Here's to you. The little rich girl wasn't as dedicated as Miss Dietrich. In fact, I don't think I ever found out what her dreams were. The only thing she seemed to follow was a good time she was sure to never find, because each experience she lifted her nose up at and looked down upon. Even her friends, the folks she introduced me to to play Pictionary, when we were in their presence, she'd talk down to them, and the minute we left, she'd be catty and talk behind their back. Now, she probably wasn't wrong. One of them worked in human resources, the other was a copy salesman, but still, they're supposed to be your friends. Stick with that. I was quick to pile on, though. At one point, we took a really bad picture of the two of them. They were a couple. It was a close-up of their faces, eyes red, nostrils flared. So I did what any logical person would do with a picture. I took it down to Kinko's and had it blown up on poster-sized foam backboard. Then we got some straws from the Starbucks that we cut up and added some thumbtacks to. Then we had a great parlor game we like to call Pin the Straw on the Cokehead. It was a fun time that really could keep you up all night. But we don't have that kind of time, not on today's episode anyways. We're all done desecrating kids' party games. Hey, baseball season's right around the corner. If you still find yourself in mom's basement, take part in that statistical revolution. Say hi to Pepe the Frog and make a meme for joshing around. That sure sounds like fun. As for me, I'm going to work on some temporary facelift techniques involving tape so that I look my best the next time we get together. And I'll start joshing around.